Crew, welcome back to another episode of Cam and Jord Brown Dog. How is ya? Big jug's going well, mate. How's things? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Bloody excited. Bloody excited. We've got a very exciting episode set up for our listeners. We uh, will tune in with uh, Corey Harvey uh, shortly. He'll jump on and, and give us a rundown of all things cystic fibrosis. But mm-hmm. before uh, we get on to that chat, we'll probably move into uh, the whole reason why we've got Corey on, um, and it's because of our marathon and, and the charity we're running for. Yeah, that's right. It was probably the other way around, really. We got him on today for that, but we're sort of running the marathon marathon for the cystic fibrosis and raising a bit of awareness for them as well. So super keen to hear what sort of, I don't know much about cystic fibrosis myself, so I'm super keen to hear what he has to say and delve into his daily life and what he goes through each day in, day out. Mm, absolutely no very much looking forward to that uh but uh before we get Corey on uh we're just going to run through some of the things that we've been doing in the last sort of nine ten weeks um to sort of touch base on what we've figured out uh over the um training program and and some of the things we're predicting for marathon day and some of the things post marathon day yeah so we're we're done our training's done we don't have to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we don't have to run any more kilometers until the big day now, which is only, well, it's only five days away now. Why yeah. are you nervous? I am. I am nervous. Uh, the 30 kilometer definitely got me a uh, little bit, a mm. little bit nervous to think I've still got another 12 to go, but we'll try and battle on and, and finish it off. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? What <clears throat> I found throughout the training, no matter how far we've run, when we first started running, well, I first started doing five Ks. And now, you know, we've crunched out a 30 kilometer. The last little bit hurts the same, no matter how far you've run or how far you know you're going to run. That last 20, 25% hurts the same. It's just, you know, the finishing line's coming around the corner and you start thinking about finishing and your body starts to, well, not shut down, but starts to hurt and ache and you start to lose your, use your, lose your pace and your, your legs start to give way. Yeah, it's funny. We've always sort of said that with some other challenges we've done in the past. It always seems to be that last little bit where you can see the end in sight that the body goes, all right, I'm almost there. Can we hurry the hell up? So mm. obviously very much a mental thing. And I, and I hope uh, that that sort of mental thing kicks in uh, this week because if I know if I can get to 35 or 36 or 37 Ks, I can battle my way through the last few. But I'll need it to hold on for a little bit longer than 30 Ks. <laughs> I think I'm going to tell myself I'm running 50 Ks. And then oh, yeah. as I'm going, I know towards the back end that I'm not going to slow down because the finishing line's further away than what I think it is. Good luck. I don't know how that'll work. My, my mind would just be going, I'm so close. I'm so close. Yeah, um, well, like even when we're in the gym, 
and you have to do 10 reps of something, the last few always hurt. But if you're doing 12 reps, those last two wouldn't hurt the same. It's just the mind's such a powerful tool thinking that you're almost there. And um, how's your coffee there, mate? Yeah, good. I just got a delivery. Thanks to Leah for bringing the coffee in. You can't do a podcast without a coffee. And a Is it oat milk? Yeah, of course it's oat milk. And yeah. a wafer. Can you hear that? It's <laughs> a beautiful wafer. You know what is crazy, though? I was having to think about this on our last run. We've only done nine weeks worth of running to prep up for a marathon. Yeah, I thought it was a bit longer. But then when you pointed it out, I did a bit of research. And I think you're right. Nine weeks is about yeah, longer. It is. I was um, originally originally we planned to do 11 weeks mm. which included one week of tapering which we're in right now right so originally it was 10 weeks of running then <clears throat> recently since the blackmore is obviously not going to go ahead we've actually brought it forward a week <laughs> so <laughs> yes that's right brought, i forgot we brought yeah, it a week originally we we're meant to run it next weekend but well, I'm moving I was, hopefully I'm moving into my house next weekend. So we've brought it forward a weekend. Yeah. Well, I was talking to um, some of my family members over a zoom. We had a zoom for father's day. Uh, mm. One of my family members, uh, Daniel actually said, how long have you been training for? I said, Oh, I think about 12 weeks. He goes, 12 weeks. I, yeah. <laughs> I trained 12 weeks to run 5k. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. good. It's good. It's like we said, it's the same pay no matter far you run so yeah, that's right we've spent nine weeks at the psychologist and they've prepped up our mind hopefully our nine weeks of running will help us as well so i'll ask you a couple of questions here big jugs oh so, yes uh, so one question that i always had and i i keep jumping like over the fence here but mm. are you a headphones or a no headphones runner well i am like it's heaps better when you got headphones in and I've actually faced this dilemma. So I can't, like, anything above a half marathon, my watch will go flat, like, connecting my earphones to my watch. So I don't mm-hmm. run with my phone. So there's no way I can have my headphones in on Sunday because my watch won't even last half the run. Right. So the longer the runs have been harder because I've had to do them without the headphones. And mm-hmm. obviously when you're not thinking about anything you start thinking about the pain and how much it hurts and how long you've got to run so headphones are definitely better but i yeah face a bit of a challenge yeah i when i ran the 30 kilometer i listened to tunes most of the way um Mm. or podcasts and things oh mainly (laughs) (laughs) lukey um and by the end, I only had about 18% left. So that's getting me a little bit nervous. I'm not finishing mm. 12Ks with 18%. So I might have to hold no. off on the tunes. Maybe listen yeah. to the tunes, the back 21Ks. I don't know. Yeah. I saw someone post once. They were running a marathon and they did it the opposite. They would put tunes in for the first half and then take them out for the second half. Mm. Oh, well. I don't know. I might have to buy an armband to take my phone and so I can listen to some tunes. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, but then you got to, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, so I've got a second one for you. So obviously we got some new shoes, right? Yeah. Now, do you prefer running in the old shoes or the new shoes? Because I found because we didn't really wear them in too much, my feet are just mm. blistering up. Like my yeah. performance is better, but my feet are hurting. Yeah, do your feet hurt during the run though? No, they don't. Yeah, so I'm the same. My feet are blistered up. They're getting better now that I've spent a couple of days off them. 
but during the run, you don't feel any blisters. They just pop up post run mm. and they get quite big, don't they? But yeah. um, yeah, that was our bad because it was all a little bit rushed. Our shoes come halfway through and we took them out of the box and onto a, I think I ran 25 Ks the first time I wore them. <laughs> yeah, that's not the greatest idea, is it? Yeah, so that's our bad, but definitely better with them. It's mm. just the in-between phase, the blisters flare up. Now, some advice I want to seek from you, something that I struggle with a little bit, is pace control. Mm. How do you go? Yeah, I don't and... struggle with that. <laughs> how do you go? How do you go? Or like, what's your mindset around when you take off early? Like, are you trying to yeah. start at the this pace? Is are you trying to start at the pace that you want to maintain? Or are you a little bit under? Are you a lot under? Yeah. So if you, I was going back through my Strava the other day and having a look at this. Mm. So my long runs, anything above like 10 or 15 Ks, I always like, it's always on a reverse 45 degree angle. So it starts quick and then every K it just gets slower and slower. Right. There's a couple of hills in there that might stagger it, but normally it's like a reverse start quick, go slow. So when I run last on the weekend, I thought I'm going to start slower and try and have that more of a straight line. So I start slow, but hopefully hold my pace for longer. Hmm. Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. So, because about the same time in, I still got tired like I normally would because I've still run the same distance. It's taken me a bit longer, but I'm still tired. And then when I get tired, I have to slow down. So you I was already running slow. So just take off, just go. Yeah. Just, just I'm, not, I'm not as severe as you. But I start, hopefully, my first few Ks, I'll be hovering around, like, the five-minute mark, five-minute mm. per K. Mm -hmm. And then every kilometre after that, just accept that it's going to get a little bit slower each kilometre. Yeah. So that's your what goal. About you? What about Well, for me, I always struggle with pace control because I'm a big believer of if it hurts, just get it done. So I like... Mm especially with running because I'm a little bit lighter and it generally means I can run a little bit faster. I just try and get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I tried to do in the 30 kilometer, I said, okay, well, today's about completion. So I started around 5.15 and just tried to hold 5.15 for as long as I could um, mm -hmm. and, and managed to do so probably right up until about the 23, 24K mark. And then it was all yeah. like six minutes from there. But um if I could finish the marathon in, in under four, in under five, 45 minute kilometers, I'd be pretty wrapped with that. Yeah. That's quick. <laughs> that would be my that's goal. Quick. Yeah. I reckon my goal is to finish. Yeah. I don't really goal care. Is to also finish. <laughs> but I reckon I have two goals. One is to not stop the whole time. So I keep running. And the second one, I reckon if I have a pace to try and average under the six minute mark, Mm, that'd be good six minute per kilometer don't really if i don't stop running the whole time and it's more than that i don't care but mm. that would be something i what time, are we, what time are we kicking off are you starting early yeah i'm thinking my plan is to try and crack out 10 or 15 k's before the sun comes up oh all right i'll I, roll with you you set the plans and i'll follow them because it was the same when we were doing our rowing yeah. When the sun comes up, you feel fresh again. It's like, you, yeah, that's true. You've knocked out 10, 15 Ks, sun comes up, like you just, you've just started. You're fresh. You're ready to go. I don't mind that method, actually. <laughs> it's obviously not that good, but yeah, that's my my thinking. It's meant to be 
It's meant to be hot on the weekend too. It's meant to get to 28 degrees on Saturday. Mm, mm. So I'll be starting early because I'm not running in the hot, in the heat. Yeah, well, for me, I'm only thinking about not when I start, but when I finish. And I know the first mm. thing I'm doing is smashing three cappuccinos with oat milk. <laughs> what are you gonna have? What are you gonna have post meal or post marathon? Well, definitely an iced coffee. Like probably, I'll probably drink twelve liters of water. Mm. Hopefully, jump. I might even jump in the Nepean River. <laughs> <laughs> and then definitely a voltage from Gloria Jeans. I like it. Have you had a voltage from Gloria Jeans before? No, not from no, I haven't. Oh, best ever. You're missing out. Mm. It's like it's like an iced coffee, but they put proper shots of coffee in instead of the syrup. Sugary syrup stuff. Yeah. How many shots? Oh, well, the bloke that I get it from, the Gloria Jeans manager, loves cricket. So every time he <laughs> Every time I walk in there with my Penrith shirt on, they he normally throws an extra shot in for me. Oh, they go, this is Cam. This is Cam Weir, the first grade Penrith captain. So a couple <laughs> extra shots in. But um, definitely won't be going to order it myself on Sunday after the run. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be standing back up after 42Ks. I'll be sitting yeah. down. Um, well, quickly before we do get Corey on, where are you going to mm. run your marathon, Big Joe? Yeah, so I'm going to run around the river, Nepean River. For anyone, any of the Penrith listeners out there, which is extremely flat, which is basically the reason. There's one hill. There's, if you don't know the Nepean River run, there's the M4 bridge, which is quite steep. So it's probably a 20 metre incline going up. It's probably like a 45 degree angle. It's quite mm. steep. But other than that, it's like dead flat. So I'll just do, I'll probably start in Glenmore run to the river and then do whatever I've got left. So five and a half, probably five. Yeah. Probably five and a half laps of the river. Beautiful. What about you? Me, I'm thinking I'll just run. I've got a little 5.32 K loop around the MacArthur <laughs> Heights region. Um, that's probably my plan. What, what I actually found quite difficult um, in the 30 K was back end was running downhill because you're putting so much yeah. pressure on your like quads yeah. to like, stop your momentum. So there's a yeah. couple of like, there's one particular part where I can either run like the same as you big jugs, like 20 K like 20 meters, like downhill, like steep, steep incline or whip mm-hmm. it around the other way and run 20 meters, like quite steep uphill or downhill. Mm-hmm. Whatever I said first. Um, and I'm not sure which one's going to be harder. So yeah, um, that's probably the only concern I've got. Other than that, it's, it is reasonably flat. I just mm. need a drink station. So I think if I've got 5Ks or 5.2Ks, it's like I can count those down. Okay, seven to go, six to go, five to go. Yeah. Get a drink each time. Suck on a couple of those gels or hydrolytes and off we go. Yeah, you're prepped up. That's awesome. Mm. What have you found the hardest part about the marathon training? The hardest part of the marathon training for me is actually anytime I finish a run, like mm. whether it's like 15 Ks, 21 Ks, 30 Ks is still knowing I've got more Ks to go to finish the marathon. Cause it just hits me. Like yeah. I'm absolutely like off my feet, like on, on all haunches after like 21 Ks. And I'm like, I've got mm. to go double that. Yeah. So that's probably been the hardest part. Just how humbling it is. Like you finish and you still got so far to go. Yeah. So it's more the mental, mental yeah. battle. Yeah, absolutely. Other than the fact yeah. that the body took a bit of a beating, like 
I'd, any day I'd run, any day I would run, do a long run. The next day I was pretty much out of action walking. So, um, yeah. But yeah, probably the mental. Yeah, I'm saying definitely the mental. Like the body, like I said earlier, the body hurts the same no matter what you're doing. It's just that mind game trying to get through that last 20, 25% every time that your mind tells you that you're nearly done. Mm, absolutely. What about the best part? The best part about the training? Yeah. The best part about the results? You tell me. Yeah. Well, definitely definitely the, the benefits of the actual running. Like if you take mm. out the running itself and just think about the benefits, definitely big. I've never... I've never done any running before other than like the longest I would have ever run would have been probably year 12 school cross country. Yeah. And same here. Yeah. That was probably what, how far do you reckon that would have been seven and a half, eight kilometers. Yeah. It was eight K's. And then I remember a couple of years later, one of my goals was to do a 10 kilometer run and I stumbled mm. it in just under an hour. Um, and that's the furthest I'd ever gone. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's on the same. I reckon done a little bit of like, what we were talking about in a couple of episodes with Dino doing like interval running, even like the long interval running, yep. but never, never above eight kilometers. So for me doing the long running has been super beneficial for physical health. And also, like we said, the mental side of it too. I'm looking forward to seeing, I mean, obviously for us, big jugs playing cricket, how much it benefits like as later, later we go in the innings. Like mm-hmm. I, I felt a couple of times where years that I haven't focused on running too much after like 50 or 60, I'd be gassed <laughs> if mm-hmm. I could get there. So for me, the best part of it is I'd like, well, I, I hope I haven't seen the best part of it yet. I'd love to see some results yeah. um, down the track. Um, yeah, I'm you definitely will. It's a no brainer. Yeah. What's the quote you hear people say, your mind always gives up before your body gives in. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. Let's write that one down. Let's put that one up. You can get that one up on the socials. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get the big dog on? Yeah, I think it's time enough dribble from us. Let's get the big dog on. All right. We'll bring him in. All right, crew. We're just going to bring in a very good mate of mine, my cousin, uh, Corey Harvey. He's a cystic fibrosis warrior. Corey, thank you so much for being here today, mate. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You're welcome. You're looking very good in the Rise merchandise, but we'll have to send over some Cam and Jordan, my peak merch in the future yeah righty, <laughs> mate um we've obviously brought you on because as a lot of the listeners would know um cam and i are running a marathon and uh we've decided to do that for cystic fibrosis which is obviously something that um you have to deal with uh day to day um and hmm. something that i mean even me being involved in your life i'd still love to know more about it and how you sort of deal with things and how it affects you and how it plays on your mind and, and sort of how you just go day to day. So I yeah, think okay. the first thing um, we sort of want to, before we sort of move into the serious side of things, just a bit of a background on you, mate, for the listeners. So just, you know, how old are you? What school are you at? Things like that. Okay. Well, I'm 16. Okay. I go to Rouse Hill Anglican College. Mm-hmm. I uh, have step parents. So my parents got divorced. So I used to go Broughton Anglican College. Mm, good and school. then when my mom got divorced, we moved to uh, the Hills District. Yeah. And so I have a stepdad. I have two stepsisters, Payne and Melina. I also have a uh, blood sister, Gemma. Mm. So no brothers, which is a bit of a shame. I've got <laughs> enough cousins. I've got enough cousins to uh, kind of get past it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Good man. Good man. So obviously you gave us a bit of an update on your family life there. Now, 
uh, listeners know that coffee is a pretty important part of Cam and I's life. Um, you may be a bit young. Are you on hot chocolates or have you made your way to the mocker yet? No, I'm not on coffee yet, but uh, I drink enough Coke, so I'm getting that caffeine hit. So. <laughs> but no, not, not on the coffee, yeah. Mm. Now You'll get there one day, slowly. I reckon I started drinking coffee when I was 19, so still a few years ahead. You see, but like, my dad never drinks today. Oh. Yeah, has never drank it. So I'll call, I think I'll be I'll be on his kind of uh, way of things with the coffee. Does Does yeah. your mum Does your mum drink much coffee? Oh yeah, no, it's In insane. Grant? Yeah, there's a coffee shop at uh, Kellyville Plaza, and I reckon she gets like <laughs> three a day or something. <laughs> and I usually I usually get mad as well because we'll be going. We have like a long trip to the hospital for a checkup. Yeah, we'll be going to uh back to home, and then she like just does a detour to uh plaza <laughs> get uh coffee. Well, at least she's got her priorities right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, obviously, sport's a huge part of our life, Corey, and, and we delve into sport pretty deeply on our socials and our podcasts and stuff. But what about yourself? Um, you know, have you played much sport? Do you have a favorite sport? Are you doing any sporting activity at the moment? Mm, yeah, so I'm a big sports person. I, I used to play soccer, but I gave that up. Mm, uh, I played a bit of touch yeah, footy. Great, but... great decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played you play a bit touch, of touch footy? footy. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, with the COVID side of things, we didn't get to play this year. But I played last year. We got thrashed, but it's still great to run. And um, I'm getting into golf now as well. So that's oh, good. Yeah. I love my golf. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. What I... NRL team do you follow, Corey? Oh, I'm always a bit. Uh, Bit worried to say what uh team I support, but I support Manly. Oh, oh you, yeah. you can't yeah. be worried, you can't be worried about that, mate. You guys are probably the only underdog chance of winning the premiership. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But we all we tend to choke usually in the finals, so well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't had turbo flying like he is at the moment before, though. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is true. I think underdog's a bit of an insult there, Brownie. I don't have him as an underdog. Mm, fair enough. I think just with the heavyweights, Melbourne and Penrith, anyone else just flies in as an underdog. But you're probably right. They're probably as, as equal chances as those two at the moment. Mm. Yeah, awesome. So, Corey, one thing that Geordie and I have been doing a lot on this podcast is talking about sort of we have six areas of health that we're sort of heavily in, uh, focused on. So those being your physical, your social your mental, your emotional, uh, spiritual, and then one that we've added is sort of the business side of things too. So really mm. interested to get your opinion on maybe how you sort of rank those things. doesn't have to be in order, but just sort of give us an insight on what you prioritize in your life. Mm. Uh, okay. So I definitely think that um, with CF and everything, I definitely think my physical health is really up there. Just mm. trying to stay fit, trying to stay healthy. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely a top priority for me. And then I'll always say that after physical, probably come mental as well. Because mm. I've, with friends and that, I've dealt with mental issues. I've dealt with those kind of problems. I've had mental issues myself. So like, yeah, I definitely say mental comes and then maybe social as well. Because it's always, it's always your family and friends who like guide you through those challenges. Mm. Sure. always great for that and uh, then probably emotional and uh spiritual and then 
I don't know about the business kind of side of things, but so I guess that'll come last for me, but it might be yeah, nice. a bigger priority for some others. So. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, Corey. And I think um, one thing you said about prioritizing your physical health and then your mental health straight after, I'd be interested to know, do you feel like those two go hand in hand? Or do you feel like if you're physically fit and, and healthy that your that your mental side of things is usually pretty good as well? Uh, not all the time. I wouldn't say that if you're physically healthy, because you could be doing, you could be staying fit in that, but you could also be isolating yourself too much mm. by focusing too heavily on your health. Mm. And so your mental health could be like worse than your physical because you're not, um, you're not prioritizing. So you're trying, so you're trying to have that healthy balance between mm. physical and mental. So, yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's really well answered, mate. That's brilliant. So I suppose we'll move on to some of the serious stuff and obviously we're still trying to have a bit of a, a joke around as we go. Um, but could you sort of just explain um, for those that don't actually know what cystic fibrosis is uh, explain mm. the definition um, and maybe, yeah, we'll go into some more questions after that, after that. So maybe just the definition to start. Yeah. Okay. So uh, cystic fibrosis is a genetic illness, right? Uh, one in 25 Australians carry the defective gene. So uh, wow. when two carriers have a child, that child has a one in four chance of having CF. Wow. And so when my parents had me, they had no idea that they were carriers until I was pretty much diagnosed with CF. And so it's chronic, so it needs to be treated every day. But even then, it's also uh, progressive. Uh, progressive. Sure. So what it does pretty much, it affects the salt and the water balance in your body. So every system of the body is effective and uh, affected. And instead of that slippery mucus in your body, uh, it's thick and sticky. And so bacteria gets stuck in there pretty easily and gets stuck in the lungs. And then over time, it'll cause significant, uh, significant damage. And the major issues with CF are the digestive system, uh, the reproductive system, and uh, the lungs. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's yeah, really yeah. full on. That's, yeah, I, didn't, I personally haven't come across much cystic fibrosis before. So that's super fascinating to hear those stats. And those numbers are pretty crazy that, you know, one in 25 people suffer from the gene of cystic fibrosis. Mm, yeah. Well, I did a speech a while ago, a uh, public speaking speech in year six, because I was really heavy on the public speaking in uh, primary school and uh, early high school. And I found out, I was like, I always like to joke in my speeches. And so mm. I made a joke about my principal having like being a CF carrier. And uh, he came on the stage and he goes, oh, I don't know how you knew that, Corey, but I actually was a CF carrier. Wow. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. So it is more, more common than people think. Wow. Mm, yeah. I guess, um, Corey, like you being the age you are, like, and like you said, your mum and dad didn't even really know that they were carrying the gene until after you were diagnosed. So like what, what age did you first sort of understand um, the seriousness of the condition? Well, I wouldn't know what age I understood, but I definitely, so my whole life I was kind of on top of my meds, even at like a younger age. I think I was swallowing tablets whole at like four or five even. Wow. But I think when I really took in the seriousness of CF would probably be my later years. So 10, 12, maybe where I was really like, Oh, I can't do all the things other kids do. I can't go, I can't go to certain school trips because they might be handling stuff that could affect me and affect my lungs. Um, I can't like, I can't play sport to the, 
position I want to play because I get tired out and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. That is interesting. Like, and going further, sort of deeping into that, Corey, day to day, like your daily routines. What's probably a few things that you do differently to a lot of people might do? Yeah. Okay. So I wake up and pretty much the first thing I do is my chest uh, physiotherapy. And so what that does is it's trying to clear all the mucus that's settled in through the Mm -hmm. night while I was sleeping. And then after that, I'll inhale some medicines and that pretty much the uh, effect of that is it helps thin the mucus. And so I can clear it out easier. Sure. And then I also take some antibiotics to try and kill the bacteria in my lungs and then with, I said, there's uh, digestive uh, issues with CF. So there's enzymes, enzyme pills that I have to take. They're called Prion every time I eat. Like, so anything I eat, I have to take them. And I'm probably taking 20 to 40 tablets a day. So not only just enzymes, but I also take a bunch of other vitamins at breakfast time and dinner time. I take like 10 pills at breakfast. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, even as sort of close as we are, Corey, like I didn't even know sort of the level um, that you go to to make sure you're looking after yourself. Um, that's really, yeah, really cool, really inspiring to see how disciplined you have to be. Um, it's crazy what people take for granted day to day and what you're doing just to, you know, be as close as you can with everyone else. Um, mm. And I suppose that sort of leads well onto the next question. I know you touched on it a little bit about your physical and mental health, but how does it sort of affect you I mean, I know you said physically around maybe not participating in sports like to the best of your ability, but even mentally, how does it play on your your mental health sort of doing what you do day to day? Yeah, okay. So like when, when I was playing soccer, um, I was playing first grade last year, first time. I was with my mate and I was very close with his dad and he was a real, like, real hard coach. So he would push you to your limits pretty much. And I, with my physical health, I probably couldn't stay on the field as long as I hoped I wanted to. And um, I had to sub off. I had to take a breather because I'd tire out. And then with CF, you also sweat a lot more than the average person. Sure. And so I'd cramp easier. I'd have more cramps. And then with my mental health, I guess not being able to play to the capability I wanted to and with my friends that'd probably affect me saying like thinking I was not good enough or I'm not good enough to be in this team with my mate. I I shouldn't be in first division kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. One thing that comes to my mind, that could be a good question, Corey might, you might not have an answer for it either, which is okay. But has there been a time or times where you've had like teammates or a coach or even family members that have helped you through a sort of process like you just went through or explained? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, my mom, my mom is a big helper with that. So every, she goes to most of my games when I was playing. And so every time I'd come off the field, she would come over to me, let me calm down, take a breather, and then just give me some wise words saying that I can get back on there. I've got more in the tank kind of thing. Mm. And my mate as well. I said, I mentioned my mates on the team and, I'm very open about my CF. So all my mates know my CF. They all did, they did research on it, which I was amazed about. Yeah. Wow. How much I get about it. But um, yeah, uh, my mate Noah that I was playing with, he very, he's, um, he helped me a lot as well saying that I can do better. Um, 
you know, I've got this, I don't have to worry. Like trying to me telling pretty much telling me to overcome my mm. fears with CF and that I'm overthinking about um me tiring out and that I can do better kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a good lesson for everyone listening how such a small thing in a in a time like that can make such a big difference for for any individual, whether they're suffering from a cystic fibrosis like Corey's talking about now, or whether it's just something as little as sort of a setback during a game, or if mm. that's outside of sport and a setback in a classroom, just how much of a difference a, a little sort of helping hand or a pat on the back or a little hug can do for, for you in the future. Yeah. Well said, um, Big Jugs. I think that's brilliant. Um, one question that I did want to ask Corey is, obviously because of mate, um, the things that you're dealing with, um, do you sort of have um, an approach to life where you maybe you live with a little bit more freedom, a little bit more passion, try to live with obviously the least amount of regret as possible. Like what's your mindset sort of getting up each and every day? You sort of, you know, well is me, or you sort of like, no, I'm just going to do the absolute best I can and live life to my fullest. Yeah. I kind of, I live, I live my life to the fullest. So with my CF, I kind of, my mum is more phased about than I am because I kind of like, I look at it like, oh, CF's kind of a part of me. I can't do anything about it. It's part of my life. So I just got to keep pushing through kind of thing. And I'm fortunate enough to be healthier than the average CF person. My lung function rate's probably in the 90% to wow. 100% rate. So, um, and that's just come from me just saying, okay, I have CF. I know what it is. I just have to push through and I have to stay on top of my health kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. I think, um, you know, it'd be interesting to know, Corey, like what your goal or what your aspirations are um, still having the, um, the virus. Like, is it something that you want to create awareness about, you know, do you have a target um, around what kind of things you want to achieve in a certain period of time? Like what are your goals um, I suppose personally, but also aligning with cystic fibrosis. Mm, so I guess my goals with CF is just to not let it win in a sense, mm. just kind of keep on top of things and, you know, stay, maintain my health and stay healthy until I guess there's a cure out and then I can finally just forget about it and uh, live my life. But um, a personal goal of mine is, uh, I love acting. And so I want, I want to be an actor when I'm older. Mm. I, I want to be a successful actor. I want to do movies. I want to do shows. And so, yeah, I'm focusing on that. I'm taking up classes. I'm taking up NIDA courses and yeah, watch, watch movies, focus on their acting. And yeah. That's awesome. That's really good. <clears throat> um, so that's a really good insight for a lot of people out there, including myself that didn't know a lot about cystic fibrosis, fibrosis, and having Corey sort of delve into the, the deepness that he did in terms of how it affects him daily and also the mental and physical effects it has as well. But mm. we'll probably move a little bit and still talk about cystic fibrosis as we go, but move a little bit more onto you, Corey, and sort of your ambitions. You just spoke about acting and stuff going forward, but what path do you feel like you're going down? It might be short-term, might be long-term like you just spoke about. Mm, yeah, so I definitely, uh, acting is definitely a, a very big part in my life. And um, yeah, I definitely want to be uh, an actor when I'm older. So I'm looking at 
I'm looking at when I'm 20, trying to get get enough jobs so I can maybe go to LA and look at uh, casting agencies and try to get in the movies and that. And um, yeah, definitely just the whole acting side of my life. Mm. It's my main my main kind of focus. Like that's what I do. That's what I love. Yeah. And it would just be great to do like have a job that you love and yeah. What kind of things are you doing at the moment, Corey, that align really well with your acting? I know you're obviously um, quite an ambitious person. Like obviously a lot of the listeners will get to know now. What sort of things have you achieved already? And, and what sort of things are you ticking off the bucket list? So I've done, so I go to Sydney Talent Company for classes. And my first year I got asked to um, audition for the agency. And so I auditioned for them and I, I was in Queensland at the time and I got a call saying that I got into the agency and that was, um, that was a huge milestone for me. And then with that, they're sending me through self-tapes, they're sending me through auditions. And so I think I did four or five auditions for movies and shows. And I did one for um, a Sultana brand commercial and I ended up getting that. Wow. My mom, my mom messaged me in class. I think I was in maths or something. And she goes, you got, you got the Sultana brand out. And I was like, stoked. I was like, oh my gosh, I got it. And my teacher ended up giving me a couple of words saying not to uh, disrupt the class. I was like, oh, sorry, I just got, I just heard some great news, but um, I did that. And I've also done another commercial for um, Next Guard Spectra. And my dog ended up being in that one. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And then with being at Rouse Lincoln College, uh, they have a great music um, department and we do musicals. And so I auditioned in year five for Scar and I got that. And then I did, we did Wicked when I was in year seven and I, would, I played the wizard. And then recently we did uh, Matilda the Musical and I was oh, um, wow. Agatha Trunchbull. So that was great. <laughs> Yeah, to play a woman. Yeah, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to be at a couple of those performances, Corey, and uh, you definitely live up to the critics, mate. You do a fantastic job. Um, Thank so you. obviously, from from us, like we're obviously very proud of you and the things that you're achieving and uh, the paths that you're pushing yourself down. Uh, even though you might have been slightly behind the eight ball, you're definitely not letting that uh, affect your uh, ambitions and goals, mate. So that's very good. Um, something that um we've done a little bit on the summit series is speak about our values. Um, so there's sort of usually one, uh, sorry, three to five things that we can usually identify as super, super important in our life. Um, it'd be really good to know how you rank those things. Just for an example, like um, for Cam and I, uh, sort of like our, our health, our family, um, for me, spirituality, um, they're sort of the things that rank in the, in the higher quartile of things. What about yourself, mate? Where do you, what are your values and, and what sort of order do they sit in? Yeah, okay. So um, I'd say the top thing I value would be uh, family and friends because without them, I wouldn't be as healthy as I am today with them just being by my side and pushing me through the tough times and just always being there for me to rely on. It's great. Especially my mom. She does such a, she helps so much with everything, especially with my CF. And she really never asks for anything in return. She just does it. And she's always on top of things, always doing the research about um, cystic fibrosis, always trying to see, or is there new medication to help me, uh, help my son? Uh, is there new stuff that could, that we could be doing? 
and that kind of thing. And then I'll definitely say after that, I definitely value my health, mm. uh, especially with CF, but not only with CF, just in general. I always try to stay on top of things. I always try to remember do my uh, remember to do my meds, especially like even when I'm say in holidays, I'm always trying to make sure I'm doing them. And uh, yeah, and always taking my tablets, never forgetting those. Mm. And it's funny because with this COVID thing, everyone's trying to get new, like everyone's trying to adapt to the um, whole social distancing things. But for me, I was, all, I was already used to it because with CF, you always got to be aware if someone's coughing near you, you always got to be aware, oh, mm. could that be a chest infection? If I go too close to him, could I possibly get it? Because that you're easier with CF, it's easier to... Um, catch uh infectious diseases so yeah i was definitely um i was definitely uh on the ball with all the uh hand sanitizer and the mask wearing and the social distancing mm -hmm. and then after that i'd probably say i value compassion a lot mm -hmm. i'm very compassionate towards my family i love my family i love my friends they've always been there for me i've had the same group of friends since i was in year three at school so yeah they're, they're pretty much brothers to me Mm, that's a great answer really good and to give everyone an insight further like that's that sort of values questions been something that Mitchie and even a bit of Dino has been talking about in our summit series a lot and even even if you don't know them at the moment sit down and think about them because awareness of knowing your values has a big influence on your everyday life and hopefully giving you a, a clearer picture of where you want to move to in the future does that make you reckon I've nailed that, Brandon? I think that's pretty good, Big Jugs. I think it's perfect how you said that your values play a huge role in your day-to-day -day life. And as Corey knows, your day-to-day -day life uh, needs to be consistent or things can go downhill. So I think it's really important to know your values and, and how they're going to sit um, with your decisions uh, each day. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Corey, we've got sort of a question that I'd love to ask you um, and might be a tough question, but what sort of advice would you have for anyone listening today? It might not, doesn't have to be anything to do with cystic fibrosis, but if there's people out there listening today, what advice would you have for them? Yeah. Okay. So um, my advice today would be just keep on pushing and keep on trying because as bad as things may seem, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I know a lot of people say that, but personally for me, I was struggling at a stage. I was struggling with my schoolwork. I was struggling to stay on top of my meds, but I just kept on pushing. I kept on trying. I was doing my work. I was just keep, I just kept on going and yeah, I got better and my mental health got better. So yeah, just as bad as things may seem with the whole COVID aspect of things, just as light at the end of the tunnel and things will get better. So just keep on going. Yeah, that's awesome. Great answer. Very well said. Corey, uh, something we usually do uh, on the podcast is we do a few gratefuls and Cam will lead us into that. But before we do, um, just for those listening, uh, we are uh, just over a week out now from our marathon for cystic fibrosis. Um, so we are getting obviously a little bit nervous, but we do want to sort of ramp up the, uh, the donations and we'll try and get the uh, donation link happening across all of our platforms. We'll send it over to Corey and um we'll get it happening on on all the different social aspects so um we've already reached our goal which is fantastic but it doesn't mean our generosity has to stop there so um if you know sort of anyone that would be interested in, in donating to please send them the link or, or anything you can to help out 
um, as we got a really awesome insight today from Corey, um, any sort of funds that can go towards research um, that can sort of find a cure. Uh, so like Corey said, guys or girls with cystic fibrosis can just go back to living their life uh, without sort of having to worry about this day to day. Awesome. Should we get into our gratefuls, Brownie? Yeah, absolutely. So Corey, something we love to do on this podcast is rattle off three things that we're grateful for. Um, that could be, you know, during the podcast or just, just in life in general. Um, so Big Jugs, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll kick us off. So first one is one that I've been thinking about for several, week, several weeks now, and that's that our marathon training's done. Where It was sort of, I wouldn't say it was rushed, but it's gone a lot quicker than what I thought it would go. So now that we're done, we're prepping up for the big day, but we don't have to worry about too many kilometres until that big day for now. Uh, the second one's definitely the donations that uh, rolled through. We've even seen some come through in the recent days as well. So super grateful for that. And the third one, uh, this Corey might not like this one, and it's the Penrith Panthers are in the in the finals. So we're playing the Rabbitohs round one of the finals. So I'm also grateful for that and a little dig at any Rabbitohs supporters out there, but definitely can't wait to watch. Hopefully the Penny Panthers progress through to the big GF. Well, we'll save the best or last. So I'll go now. Um, for me, it's uh, just springtime rolling around. Um, the weather's been, other than obviously this afternoon, pretty impeccable lately. We've been able to get outside and, and do some coaching and, and hit some, hit some cricket balls and, um, so that's definitely my first one. Second one sort of aligns with the weather. Uh, Gladdy has finally let Campbelltown exercise for longer than an hour, which means the golf course is back open, um, which, is, which is an absolute you beauty on my end. Um, and the last one is, uh, Talia is just doing the finishing touches as we speak, but we've, uh, finalized our wedding list and we're just about to rattle off our, um, our save the dates. Nice brand. Yeah, okay. So um first of all, I'm grateful for people like you. What you two are doing is just incredible. And it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to people like me and their families. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm definitely grateful for my health. I've how I've stayed on top of things and I'm in that kind of 90% or 100% um lung function, and that kind of ties in. With the third thing I'm grateful for, my doctors just mm. always helping me and um, always doing the best uh, best for me. And yeah. Mm. Well, on behalf of Cam and I, mate, um, thank you very much for jumping on um, Zoom today with us and uh, jumping on the podcast. Um, probably a little bit of a motivation lift for us, um, you know, having, having to run the marathon in a week to know that we're doing it um, for guys and girls like you. So yeah. Um, Thank you again from, um, from Cam and I, and we wish you all the best. And obviously uh, we're here to support you in, in whatever you need in the future. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. I loved it. It's awesome. Awesome. Corey, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you.